it's gonna be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith For Real, The Curious Introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. Hey, Curiositors, it's me, Meredith. Today, I'm bringing you another episode from the mind of Meredith based on feedback that you sent in. In this episode, I'm going to share how overwhelm is often an untapped resource for inspiration and how you can harvest more inspiration from those moments and reduce the staticky overwhelm that can leave you too fatigued to care about things like inspiration. And like the last episode, I'm going to weave these tips around parts of my own story. So if you're new here, welcome. I started this podcast in 2019 as a platform for curiosity and personal growth. Every episode is totally different than the next, so I like to joke it's the anti-algorithm podcast. But each episode normally features an interesting person who shares their story or expertise, and then we learn something. But this week, you'll be hearing from me. I'm a geriatric millennial who spent nearly two decades in sales and training. I've had many remakes of my dream and am currently redesigning my career so I can live in a more creative way. It is wide open, which is overwhelming and inspiring and obviously the topic of this episode. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you so much especially those of you who have gone out of your way to leave me such heartfelt Apple podcast reviews. I am seriously grateful. If you haven't heard already, you're all invited to my monthly Zoom room mingle. It's 45 minutes of virtual chit chat with me and other listeners of the show. We'll discuss your favorite episodes, react to current ones, and brainstorm about subjects you would like to hear more of. You can save your spot by clicking the link in the episode description or the link in my Instagram bio, which is Meredith for real. Okay, so about that overwhelm, can it really be a source of inspiration? I can think of plenty of, of examples in my life where exactly zero inspiration came from overwhelm. And you might be thinking that same thing too right now. I do think there are different types of overwhelm, but when you're experiencing sensory overload, even if that experience is mostly internal, it's so hard to sort out overwhelm with potential from overwhelm that just needs to go. So I'll be offering some tips for working with the former and eliminating the latter. For me, one of the first times I remember feeling really overwhelmed was considering college choices. Each option came with more questions and more decisions that were pending other decisions. Do you want to go to college? Yes. Do you want to study uh, abroad? I don't know. Do you want to be in-state or out-of-state? How will you pay for college? How important is the college experience to you? And it's not like it got easier. Life got more adulty and more overwhelming. And this was before social media, 9-11, the recession, and the COVID pandemic. Now, of course, the world is a very different place. I haven't met anyone yet who wouldn't relate to the feeling of being overwhelmed. So let's talk about the overwhelm we can reduce that doesn't have any potential to be inspiring because I feel like we need to clear the air to make way for the magic. So the first potential source of magicless overwhelm is overcommitment. 
And this is you maybe if you feel optimistic about your time and your energy reserves. You have the commitment version of eyes bigger than your stomach. You don't want to flake out, so you just do the things tired and you can never seem to catch up on rest. Or maybe you're a people pleaser and saying no is really hard for you. Well, here's something you can try. Experiment with a once a month planning session with your family. And if you're single, have this meeting by yourself. Map out what you want to do and what you're committed to do. Maybe you have this meeting at the end of one month before the next one starts. If you need to take something off your plate, try removing it for a few months and see how that feels. Leave your calendar with enough empty spaces, though, that if something comes up and you want to spontaneously add it, you can add it without upsetting the whole balance. And if you're a yes person, practice this phrase when asked to do something. Thank you for thinking of me. I'd love to consider that. It's basically a great way to say I'll think about it. And then if after reviewing your calendar, you realize it would be overwhelming, you could try saying, thank you for considering me for this, but I can't commit to it right now. The second source of overwhelm might be mess. Listen, there's only room for one Marie Kondo in this world. She famously said, I love mess. The reality for the rest of us is that we don't love it. We just tolerate it. And it's unending and ungrateful and it's draining and monotonous and distracting. It's even more of a problem now that many of us work from home. It's like it gives us side eye all day as we desperately try to prove our productivity out of the office. And then when we finally go to clean it, the thought of starting is so overwhelming that you just don't do it. Or if you're like me, you do half of it. I don't know why I do half of it. Here are some strategies that you can try for this. The first one is to get help. This could be in the form of other people who also live in your house, or it could be hiring help. Okay, pause. Because I just felt a handful of you go, um, excuse me, nobody cleans as good as me, or it's too expensive, or I don't want a stranger in my house. I'm placing bets that if you just had any of these thoughts that you are A, American, because most other countries have hired help for cleaning, and that B, it is the over-caffeinated overwhelm avatar in your brain talking because it's afraid of change and freaked out to take on another task. Sidebar, this resistance to potential solutions can pop up when we have become too cozy with dysfunction. So for bonus points, you could try this thought experiment. Ask yourself, am I in dysfunction or flow? Okay, so no one cleans as good as you clean. Try hiring someone to clean some of of the things, and then you can keep the other things that you do best as like a bizarre little treat for yourself. For example, no one folds the laundry just right. Okay, you can keep the laundry, then hire or delegate someone else to do the other stuff. Expense. This one is really about perspective. Here's another thought experiment. It's considered normal in the U.S. to spend $800 on a smartphone, $200 on a purse or sunglasses, and have a $400 a month car payment. Yet the idea of giving another person a job to help us operate with more peace, save us hours of time each week, and bicker less with our family seems luxurious. 
Hiring a cleaning service can be expensive, but if you hire an individual, it can be more affordable. And it can be even more affordable if you have a service or product you can barter with. I am all about that barter life. So maybe you have a woodworker in your family, or maybe you can cut hair, or maybe you know how to prepare taxes. Consider your talents as tradable assets and trade their value for the hourly value of the cleaning service. Okay, last objection is having the stranger in your house. Well, the benefit of it being a stranger is that if you have to part ways, it is less awkward. But if that still freaks you out, you don't have to hire a stranger. You could hire your friend's college-age kid or a retired relative. Or the in-between option is to get a referral from a trusted friend. I remember when I first had the thought of hiring a housekeeper, we were hustling to get out of debt and my husband had just gone back to school. Up until that point, we had shared cleaning duties, especially for the dreaded bathroom. When he enrolled in school, he let me know that he wouldn't be able to pitch in like he did before. He worked 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then stayed up till midnight doing homework every night, so he wasn't exaggerating. But how was I supposed to spend the four hours it took to clean the house when I was working extra gigs to pay off our debt? Then I remembered that one of my Mary Kay customers' moms cleaned houses. I texted her to ask if she would be up for a barter, and boom, she came once a month and cleaned the whole house in three to four hours. Sometimes I was home when she cleaned, and sometimes I wasn't. But it became a source of anti-overwhelm because every time I would notice that, for example, the inside of the fridge needed cleaning, instead of adding it to my to-do list, which made me feel overwhelmed, I would just ask the housekeeper to do it next time she visited. And this became a source of inspiration. How? Well, I'd always wanted to spend more attention on decorating the house, but I've just felt so overwhelmed keeping the damn thing clean. But after we got out of debt, I had the budget and the brain power to decorate because I wasn't overwhelmed with cleaning first. So whether it's getting organized, downsizing your stuff, or decorating, having a clean space can be a huge overwhelm help. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show at the Museum of Commerce and the Pensacola Museum of History. And it's not just an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. And because they love creative collaborations and have spaces for all party sizes, they're pretty much the perfect venue to make your event stand out. So if you need a unique space in downtown Pensacola, take a look at historicpensacola.org. And if you want to tour one of the 12 museums, get your tickets in person so you can show the agent one of my emails and get $2 off an adult ticket. Get emails by texting REAL to 66866. It seems like no one can agree on anything nowadays, but I have found the unifier to unite us all. Mosquitoes suck. Mine were so bad, they were in my car. Have you ever tried to swat a mosquito while driving? Not advised. Insect has been great because they guarantee their work and pollinator care is always top of mind. If you live in the Florida Panhandle or the Gulf Coast of Alabama, give them a call, ensec.net. Now back to the show. Number three, speaking of debt, that can also be an overwhelm generator. So number three is debt. For most of my adult life, the words debt-free 
took up real estate on my goal posters. It was a thing that I wanted, but I had no idea how to achieve it. And I didn't know anyone else who had done it, at least without not coming into a large sum of money. If I could sum up the feeling of being in debt, I'd have to describe it as a hybrid of knowing you have an upcoming test you're not prepared for and having a fire alarm low battery alert going off every two minutes. Being debt-free, however, is pretty awesome. We paid off $40,000 of debt in three years. We discovered that becoming debt-free caused us to make decisions differently, and we were bolder with our career ambitions because we were no longer, quote-unquote, just grateful to have a job. It feels like waking up on a Saturday and the housework is already done and the weather is beautiful and the windows are open and you ask yourself, what do I want to do today? It's pretty awesome. But I can't really dive into the strategies of how to work to become debt-free because that's an episode by itself. You can check out episode 43 though to hear the story of how one family did it. I will say that we did get great results from going to an in-person class called Financial Peace University. They have them all over the U.S. and Canada, and there's online options as well. Now, lastly, the fourth area of uninspiring overwhelm is comparison. Comparison is such a tricky thing. It's like the minute you want something and you see someone else has it, comparison just puts its foot in the door. I remember when I was new in my Mary Kay business, I wanted to succeed so bad. I had chosen a certain goal that felt meaningful to me. And when I saw someone else reach that goal faster than me, and especially if I saw multiple people reach it, it felt so overwhelming because I felt behind. And I think that's the crux of what comparison is, that feeling of being left out or left behind. So for you, it may be possessions. Someone has a nice boat and you have a picture of a boat. Maybe someone else is happier or in love. Maybe you admire someone else's body and wonder why you can't look like that. Here are a couple strategies to try because we got to get to the good stuff, right? The overwhelm that generates inspiration. The first strategy is to censor your social media. I know, I know. You don't want to unfollow or unfriend anyone. But if certain posts are derailing your gratitude, hitting snooze or hide, great start to put your brain on track. And the second one is practice mindfulness. There are so many options on how to do this, but here's just one. At the end of the day, write down the things that you accomplished. Feel good about the work you've done and the abilities you have. Okay, so can overwhelm be an untapped resource for inspiration? Here's the first way that I think it can be. If you're a creative procrastinator, meaning, for example, when you face a work deadline, you're suddenly motivated to fold laundry, you can take that nervous energy and do something related to the thing that you need to do. So instead of laundry, you might complete a small part of the work deadline project. You can let the overwhelm motivate you to learn more about the thing that you're thinking about doing. So if you're overwhelmed by the idea of starting a new business, for example, reading about the industry may be a more productive way to procrastinate. The key here is to set a time limit. There will always be more to learn, more to research. 
but we're not guaranteed more time in this life, right? I know I got deep real quick there, but wait and see, it's not a solution. Now, when I first had the thought to start a podcast, I could just feel it was the right move, but the overwhelm lingered over me, tempting me to think about it forever. So here are the things that I did to not stay in procrastination. Now, I'll confess to you, I did not do these on purpose, but in hindsight, I can see how it was a good formula. The first thing I did was I told someone. I told my husband the idea. The second thing was I found resources. I went to a lunch and learn about starting a podcast. It was there that I learned there's companies who can help you with the aspects of podcasting you're not good at. For me, that was definitely the tech part. And the third thing was I set a deadline. I hired a company to help me with audio and video. And part of that was setting a date to record our first batch of episodes. Looking back, I can't believe I did all of this, still not knowing what the podcast would really be about. But it was such a good move. It focused my nervous energy into a funnel of end goal action instead of arbitrary busyness. It was like... Overwhelm was a treadmill, and if I didn't keep moving straight ahead, I'd fall off. It inspired me to keep going and to do the best I could with the skills and the resources that I had at that moment. And I think that's key. Something actually unexpected happened after that. I got more ideas. This is why I believe that overwhelm isn't a feeling to be avoided at all costs. It can be a door to inspiration. Every time I showered, drove, or did dishes, I got ideas. Ideas for guests, subject matter, promotions. I kept a small notebook in my center console and wrote on the steering wheel while I was driving. I would come home each day with a purse stuffed with tiny notepads of scribbled inspiration. And the ideas are still coming. And I think it's partly because there's always a deadline, aka always a little bit of overwhelm, sometimes a lot, but it's always there. And there's a correlation between overwhelm and inspiration. If you listen to this show, I'm just going to assume that you value personal growth. And I, I promise you there's growth in overwhelm, growth in discerning the disposable kind and wisdom in leaning into the inspiring kind. Because after all, anything wonderful is at first overwhelming, right? Disney World, the internet, social media. So what are you overwhelmed with? Everything? Okay, I get it. I hear you. <laughs> Try out my formula. Number one, lean into it. Don't resist it. Embrace that flood of thoughts. If you find yourself saying, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Try, I'm so inspired. Eventually your brain will believe it a little bit more. Number two, pan through it for gold. Do a brain dump of everything zooming through. Number three, sift out anything that's mundane and burdening. You got to make room for that inspiration. Number four, once you find the gold, the idea, the dream, whatever it is, make a deadline that involves outside help. That way you won't back out. And number five, break it down day to day what has to be done. Coping skills are key if you want to give your idea legs. So change your multitasking mindset so you can do one thing at a time. And remember, 
it's better to be a little bit overwhelmed than underwhelmed. At least I think so. Well, that's all from me for now, but I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a go-to way to reduce overwhelm? I'd love to hear about it on, on Instagram. Find the post about this episode on my Instagram and tell me your favorite overwhelm to inspired life hack. All right, everyone, stay curious and grow. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, you'll also like the one called Naked and Afraid, Working from Home During COVID-19. It's episode 23. Stay tuned next week when I talk with a medical doctor turned corporate trainer on how to work with people you can't stand. Talk to you next week.